Hey yo, it's time to take a survey. How many of you enjoy Jallos? No, not Jello. Jallos, the mystery slasher movies that emerged from Italy in the late 60s and flourished throughout the 70s. If not, you may be unfamiliar with some of the pictures, but as a fan of horror, I guarantee you could recognize the style. That's because the American slashers were a direct byproduct, or dare I say carbon copies of their Italian predecessors. And myself being such a large fan of American slashers, there was only so long I could go without discussing some giallo. The one we're discussing today may be the most recognized title from one of the subgenre's biggest directors. Dario Argento's 1977 fever dream thriller, Suspiria. Suspiria is the story of a girl who travels abroad to attend a prestigious dance school, only to find the school is run by a coven of witches. Argento is known for being a luminary of the camera. His shots are always flowing, always moving, trancing, tracing, dreamlike, a virtuoso of cinematography. Intense colors, thundering score, and stylized violence make Suspiria rank high on the list of much-watched giallos. And we have the pleasure of breaking it down for you. So wherever you are on this giant rock that we call home, it's an honor to have you here in the Sloppy Pod with us. So without any further ado, here is our take on Suspiria. Boom! Welcome to the Sloppy Horror Podcast. I am your host and your scary movie companion, Christian Ramey. And back again for another week clapping them cheeks, the best producer in the whole wide world, and one of my good friends, and I consider him a brother, Ozark Mark. Ozark, what's going on? (laughs) (laughs) Hello, everybody. We are uh, right here. We're back up in it. Post Thanksgiving, a.k.a. Christmas Part 1. I hope you guys got in the holiday season for it. I hope you're fucking sick of Christmas music already like I am, but we're right in it, baby. It's like the 25th day of Christmas already, and we're only halfway through it. So I hope you guys did good. hope you were friends, family, or if you don't have any friends and family, I hope you had a nice drink somewhere to numb the pain. I don't know what your situation is, but... From our family to yours, happy Thanksgiving, Merry Christmas, part one. Boom. Yeah, I hope you guys had a good one. I hope you... <clears throat> I used to dislike Christmas a lot more, but like once it's in the month of it, then it's like, okay, well, I don't want like traditional Christmas music, but I do like old Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin, so maybe you'll find me in there. Maybe a little George Michael, last Christmas I gave you my heart. I know weird he died on Christmas. All right, anyways, I hope you guys had a great time, a great turkey day. Some of you not in the United States are like, what the hell? We don't even have Thanksgiving, That's dude. okay. It's a stupid holiday anyway. It's where you go walk around and you eat crappy food and you eat a turkey, which nobody likes to eat turkey unless it's deep fried. I'm telling you right now, if all of you one. is deep fried turkey, best turkey I've ever had, it's the only way to eat turkey from now on. If somebody cooks it in the oven, you just put a little on your plate because you don't want to feel like an asshole. Because I eat turkey, they Mark. I like ham more, though. Ham, for also, sure. Ham. Ham's, I love ham. Ham's a good winner, Mark. Dude, I wish the Thanksgiving food was something different, like tacos. Yeah. Or uh, pizza. You have like five, 12 different pizzas for Thanksgiving. That'd be or it switches shit. up yes. annually. Yes. Lasagna Thanksgiving. Dude, oh, I know dude. some people who do lasagna on Thanksgiving. It's fucking... Lasagna's always good. 
Dude, okay. it is. And you like underestimate it until it's on your plate and you're like, God damn, this is good. This is just good. It's always so good. I'm more, but Thanksgiving food isn't all that bad. I'm more of a sides person. I think a lot of people are. You know what I mean? You got the mashed potatoes, you got the fucking casseroles, you got the fucking rolls. Mm hmm. You know what, Mark? Stuffing, all that good stuff. You know what else I will say? What? I hope you had a happy Thanksgiving, and I will say, rest in peace, young Dolph. He was a subscriber to our channel. Who the fuck is young Dolph? He was a guy that got shot, and he died. But I really enjoyed his music, as did many, but he died before Thanksgiving, and that's sad. So rest in peace to him. We're a current podcast. We'll drop a little flavor to let you know that we're in today's world. But that's all that really happened within the last week. And honestly, I had a great time. Watched the parade with the kids. Watched the dog show. That's one of my favorite things to do in the world. <laughs> okay, so I've seen a little bit of the parade. And I got to say, when are we going to stop with the lip-syncing performances? They are horrible. I don't know. They are so horrible. They're not even close. I don't know if their earpiece is off or it's the, I don't know what it is, but none of them are on right. Nope. What is the point of a stop? Just get the floats here. Do some cool shit. Like make it like a circus. Have some people doing tricks like trapeze artists. Dudes that's doing flips on trampoline. Like. Yeah, that's cool. We don't want to sit here and watch a stupid little performance on your stupid little fucking Cracker Barrel float lip syncing a song that sucks. Yeah. That's, Stop it. That's not good. Get some Santas on little motorbikes. Yeah. Okay? Oh, that's badass. Dude, yeah. Get little Mario Kart racing through that. Oh, my. I would look. You would think every part of me would hate the parade because you're right. A, the lip syncing or the, like, the syndicated pandering. Okay, we're here with this person. They're so great. Thanks. You're so great. Today's great. I don't like that part of it. But it is something that's kind of cool when you see a fucking giant Charlie Brown going down the streets of Manhattan because it kind of is a horror movie in your mind. You're like, whoa, it's giant Charlie Brown. <laughs> and there's the people below. It's cool. There's a part of me that turns into a five-year-old kid. I enjoy that. And I, if you're in for a good chuckle, watch that, watch that goddamn dog show. I'm not kidding you, dude. These dogs have better lives than any one of us listening here. Their little short lives are so goddamn pampered, but they're so funny, and there's more dogs out there than you know of, but I enjoy that every year, and I got to do that with the kids. Yeah. So it's a good week, man. I'm full of turkey, full of ham, and I'm ready to talk about something crazy. You ready for this flick, Ozark Mark? Yes. I wore the shirt. I've wore it before, but I was like, well... I guess I gotta wear it again. It's Suspiria, baby. Suspiria. This is Sloppy Horror Podcast's first coverage of a Dario Argento film. And he's uh, one of Dario my favorite. Dario Argento. But here's the thing, folks. Uh, Dario Argento is kind of like a whiskey or a bourbon. It's an acquired taste. Many people enjoy it, but there are a large amount of people who turn their nose to it and they just don't enjoy it. And that's totally fine. But as a fan of slashers, I love Jalo movies. Now, I'm not here to tell you that Suspiria is Dario Argento's best film. Uh, some people agree, some people don't. But this is mostly agreed as his, you know, it's his prized one. Where most people, this is the movie that's brought up. It's the most known movie. <clears throat> and Dario Argento, if you're unfamiliar with him, Italian director, and he would shoot these slasher-style movies with beautiful imagery like crazy lighting everything feels like a dream sequence the way he films it kind of carries in a way very different his scripts are either way too complicated or so flimsy they could break with a hard wind and i think this last i i think suspiria is in this last you know in the ladder here if you will <clears throat> 
Not saying it's a, a bad movie, but not much of a script here. Sometimes the script in Argento movies, there are many a times where you're like, uh, what, the, what the fuck is going on here? What, what exactly is happening? But I can tell you what's happening. There's beautiful girls, there's a gloved killer, and there's somebody dying. And the longest death scenes ever and 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 you really don't think about it while you're watching it which makes it kind of a which is a beautiful fact in itself and uh, we can jump in later why or how he does that but i was watching a movie right and i i I was watching this and i put it back on dude they're like the length of one of those kills is like the the uh, the scene with the man and the dog that's like a four minute ordeal of this dog it biting is, out his throat. It's very long. It took 20 minutes yeah, right. damn near for it. The, and then the barbed wire kill took like fucking 15 minutes. They're dragged out a lot, but built suspense, I guess. I, I guess that's how they did it in 1977. And but. Dario Argento also had a relationship with this band, uh, Goblin. And Goblin made the music for all of his movies. And this, if you're a fan of synth music. I'll tell you right now. This is probably my all-time favorite score now. Like, this is at the top. I swear to you, I wish that I took the time because I have the ability to make beats. Mm-hmm. I got a keyboard and I got Pro Tools, but I just can't figure it out because I have no rhythm. And I know once I think of something in my head, I'm not going to be able to do it mm-hmm. with my hands. You could do it. But samp- if somebody samples this beat, this score, oh, man, what a fucking fire beat that would be yeah. i love this score i do too man the whispering the it's so uh, dude it's sick i'm telling it's sick i i loved it that i was like oh i i don't i'll probably not watch this movie again for a while for the movie part of it but that score has been in my head ever since i watched it like it's just in there banging around it should just be titled foreboding. I mean, the whole thing, it just builds the whole entire time, bro. And there are times where it's like you think it's at the peak and it just keeps fucking growing and just beating down the door, letting you know something's not right. And then sometimes he'll cut it to complete silence. That's that's one of the things that I love and I think they don't do enough these days. These older films, they cut it to silence. Dude, silence is some of the creepiest thing you could ever have. Ah, yeah. It builds so much fear because people are afraid of the dark. People are afraid of absolute silence. I can't sit in silence. Like, I need a a fan going when I sleep. Like, if it's complete silence, like, have you ever heard of, like, the quietest room? Yeah. There's the quietest room in the world where it's it's jam-packed with all kinds of foam, everything completely soundproof. Did you hear the, like, like, heartbeat and shit? Yeah. People can't last more than, like, I I don't know. I think nobody's last more than a minute in there because, like, it's so quiet in there. You hear your heartbeat. You can hear your blood flowing. Like, your mind, the ringing in your ears starts happening. Like, silence. There's nothing creepier than going from do-do-do-do to nothing. Yeah, just man. nothing. Yeah, man. He um, and there's a realism to that too, because you know, if you were in that situation, if you're in a creepy situation like this, you're not going to have some score behind you playing throughout your life. It's going to be dead silent. Well, there's there's times in this show that we give you a giggle, a laugh, a knee slapper, but there are also little nuggets of information. And 
We've talked about before how movies could run into the monster problem. And the monster problem, quite simply, back in the day, you could have a lot of suspense, a lot of buildup, and then when the final payoff happens, you notice that the monster is made of rubber and he's got zippers. And you're like, oh, it's a guy in there. And then the rest of the cast is serious, but the monster isn't. So everything is flipped upside down. And there's uh, a few movies that have beat the monster problem, like uh, Halloween, for example, Michael Myers, he's just vague enough, but not enough, the simplicity of it, where the payoff is great, and it's not too much, and it leaves you wondering. There's no answers. He's not giving you answers. Like, it's just, what the fuck? Why is this guy doing this? He solved the monster problem. Well, this is a problem I like to call the the Alfred Hitchcock problem. Now, I'm not a hater of Alfred Hitchcock, but I'm not necessarily a giant fan of all of his movies because he was known for building suspense more of a style than substance. A lot of the build-up versus the payoff. Well, there's a few directors that have been like that. Brian De Palma with Carrie. For some reason, Dario Argento, I enjoy his films because of that because maybe it's because of his kills are 10 minutes. Once you finally like reach a kill, you're like, all right. Like it's not just the shy away. It's not, you know, the psycho stab where you don't see anything, but it's just a lot of cutscenes. So I liked Alfred Hitchcock's hour, like when he had like a Twilight Zone kind of thing. That was cool. I thought he's, he did a lot for the genre, dude. He's like a big figure within it. I'm not denying him at all. I'm just not a giant fan of how he lays down murder on film. Argento will build you up, and he's known for all style. Not as much substance. Like we said, he doesn't have the best plots in the world. They really don't make any fucking sense. But we have to be honest with these movies. A lot of times back in this day, these were drive-in movies. And these movies were made in Italy. Some American actors, some Italian actors, some German actors... There's silence on set, not just silence. They're like mouthing the words. Sometimes they speak the words. And then like in the background, you can hear people building the set. Like they weren't recording sound at all because it was later dubbed. And that's how a lot of these Jalo films are. So it's really weird because you could tell the American actors and you're like, okay, he's speaking English. And like they go back, but it's like. Well, that's, well, luckily these days, man, I'm telling you, if you've got Netflix, half the shows pop up once you watch one of those dub shows, Mm -hmm. which is going to be everybody now because damn near everybody's watched that Squid Game. There's all kinds of dub shows now. Yeah. Where, you know, so this I, is I like I can watch things with subtitles yeah. as long as it's a good movie. Yeah, so I mean that's that's going to be a b- little bit easier that, for people these days to get past it. Like I knew there was something off, but they were still like on point mostly. It wasn't as bad, but people are used to that now, so they can get past something like that. Yeah, man. So that's not going to be no frit, as you would say. You know, it's not as much of a big deal. No, here. no big deal here. So. Christian Ramey, let's move on to. I'm sure there's. I'm sure there are a lot of people who have not seen this movie before, just like me three days ago. So why don't you give us a little bit of synopsis on Suspiria? Real simple stuff. Even though it's not needed much, but we have our main character Susie. Susie is an American exchange student. She shows up. I believe it's Germany, even though it's Italy, but I, I believe it's Germany <laughs> in the movie. She's going to this fine school of dance, like a ballet kind of dance. And 
The crazy part about it is she shows up, and as soon as she shows up, she sees somebody fleeing, and it's this girl. She's fleeing from the school, and she looks in panic. It's the middle of a rainstorm. The like, craziest rainstorm so you know, you've ever heard. So you know something's going down. Like She starts running through the damn woods in the middle of the dark in a rainstorm. Not only that, she's record or like she's <laughs> she's running. It seems like the whole time because the camera work of Argento is like a dream. I'm, you know, it, it really is. I mean, it just carries the lighting, pings different. It's like you know when you're looking out a pane of glass when it's got water on it, but it's nighttime and you see those like beams of light from the all kinds of crazy colors. She gets there, shits obviously. Like I said. The whole thing, there's a lot of foreboding. You just know something bad's coming. She rings the doorbell, and the person's like, look, I don't know who you are. You can't come in. So she's like, what the fuck? Okay. And eventually, she makes her way in, and she tells the people, like, look, I tried to get in, but somebody wouldn't let me in. And they're like, oh, that's strange. As soon as she gets to the school of dance, she starts to feel a little bit weird, starts to notice things are off. To get down to the crux of it, the people who run this damn thing are witches. There are witches who run this place, and they're, like, feeding off of these girls. They're preying off of these girls. There's not even really that much of a strong desire of why they want these girls. But they, and, if we're going to be honest, you would think if it was a big, you know, coven of witches, maybe they'd pick something a little less inconspicuous of, of like, the Juilliard of dance schools. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? But anyways... This girl feels trapped. It's like a cult. They won't let these girls out. So our main character, Susie, has to find a way out from these witches and free herself and maybe the people and, and the school. So that that's a nice little synopsis. That pretty much sums it up. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much sums it up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, Ozark Mark, as a producer, as somebody who has went to collage... Community college. Well, that's okay, man. It's still a higher... <laughs> because I'm broke as fuck. Community college. It's still a higher education. Don't you discredit yourself. Some people didn't finish high school. I finished high school. I've got, like, a, a one credit at ITT Tech. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so, like, I don't... I, I'm right there with you. But you completed... You completed your studies in audio and video. Yes, that's correct. So... What I'm curious to know, Ozark Mark, what were the things in this Suspiria that stood out to you? Because I'm not going to lie to you. For a long time, I've wanted to discuss this movie. I mean, there's a couple of those up my sleeve that obviously we talk about. I can't just unveil those all the time. We can't have a Suspiria every week. But there are movies to this degree where I can't wait for you to watch them. And maybe you've seen some. Because I want to know your opinion as like far as director-wise. You always kind of blow my mind because I come in like with a horror movie mindset of like, oh, this Argento, blah, 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 the kills. But you always hit me with something fucking different usually. And I like your perspective on it. So with your producer mindset, did you notice anything different that stood out to you? Aside, you know. Well, you, you kind of nailed it on the head, nail on the head there. It, it does seem like a dream the way... Um, this is filmed. We have all types of different camera angles, camera distances, camera everything. For instance, the the scene uh, where the blind guy was with his dog in the middle of you know some park or something before he dies. It goes from up close to 
way out of nowhere that to was a, a building to the sky shot. to the to just coming in from you know way back there and zooming right in through it there we have all kinds of different angles there which is cool it's refreshing it gets you keeps you interested because if you have the same camera angle same three shots four shots throughout an entire movie you're going to get bored and you don't even realize that you will it's weirdly cohesive i mean enough to the point where like you can watch a kill for five minutes and be like damn yeah that's another thing like <laughs> yeah the kill scenes are very long um so that, that kind of disappointed me a little bit because it's kind of like dragging on like okay like it's been you know let's get it on let's mm-hmm. let's get it over with but you know I've, I've i've got to that point um the lighting um lighting is one of the most important things in filmmaking and he 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 does a very good job of making it look beautiful making it look odd like for instance there's a picture behind me of her in the hallway you got blue red pink regular lighting dim lighting you got all kinds of different colors you got, i love that window thing too above it like, yeah I, I so that's, that's a different shit. light there there's at least like 20 lights there to just make that scene um everybody's you know you got want green lights then switch to red lights like it's 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 weird it's cool it's different um it's not just your traditional you know day or daylight or fluorescent light types deals there or kelvin whatever it is you know it's weird so it's, be- it's beautifully shot it's it's very artsy it's very you know different um so i like that a lot i like the way he really shot this i like the way it really looks you know um, what's weird mark yeah i think what's strange is um Aside from, like you said, the the imagery with everything, I think it's really funny. Like, I f- it's almost like a, I I don't know if it's a steady cam or what, but like everything just like moves into the next shot. It's not like it's a still shot. Like it really feels like things are moving into the next shot, but it's almost kind of like a kaleidoscope. Each of these sets is fucking. I don't know, dude. Like, where do you find rooms like these that exist? You got to, like, scout. I feel like you had to tra- – or maybe build them. But, like – or travel across the fucking world to find rooms that look this kind of crazy. So it's, like, weird to think that um, you can see – I don't know. Like, you can watch something so I, – I, and I don't want to say silly. But it's, like, actually a movie with, like, very little plot. There's not much plot, but I'll be goddamned if you don't remember a lot from this movie. And there's just, it's just weird to me that there's certain movies that, even if it's not like, oh, this is The Godfather, it could just be a random movie we talk about all the time. Final Destination. Pull behind a log truck. You'll remember Final Destination. Is that like a the best movie ever made? Not at all. This whole goddamn movie to me seems that way. It's like... Well, it's, you it's, just can't forget it. It's 1977 as well, so this is when we heavily relied on the actors. Yeah. It's just actors in a room. Mm-hmm. That's 95% of this movie, probably. It's just actors in a room acting. Yep. So. You ain't lying, boy. I ain't lying. You, I mean, you ain't never told lies in your life. <laughs> I've known you for quite some time. But it's got, this movie does have everything. There's a lot of, there's there's some several funny parts in this, too. Uh, a lot. One of them I'll get into when you ask me what my favorite part is, but I'm sure you already know because I recorded it dying laughing. Like, I rewound it like three times. <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny. Um, but there's other parts, too. Um, I'll, I'll talk uh, 
one here is this the bat so there's <laughs> there's a scene where it's towards towards the end part where she's starting to you know figure out what's going on she's in this bathroom and a bat flies in <laughs> and just starts circling her but it's like a toy bat and like a remote control bat and stuff but it's it's so cheesy it's funny like you know what i mean so you get you get a little bit of comic relief in this in this too it's not all hey, artsy and I, I, i'm not gonna movie. remember this dude's name off the top of my head uh what the fuck's dude's name i know i know this because he's his name's udo kier so you remember Susie has this roommate, and her her roommate is Sarah, and Sarah knows some shit ain't right, and the whole time she's telling her shit ain't right. Well, in the middle of the night, she gets swept up by these witches. Susie wakes up the next day trying to find her, so she calls her boyfriend, and she's like, I don't know where she's at. Will you meet up with me? He's like, all right, I don't think we should worry. She might be with her dad, but I'll come meet you. And this dude met up with her. And this dude had a crazy amount of witchcraft knowledge and knowledge about this place for him to feel that comfortable about it. Like, which was weird. <laughs> like, this dude, like, laid down, like, I know a friend here. He's my good friend. He knows everything about witches. <laughs> well, like, even if though she, yeah, and, but she was talking to him and she said, like, uh, you know, hey, she thinks that there's witches and shit going on here. And he's like, oh, there's no need to worry. Back in the day, they said there was witches here back in 1600. But the coven was once killed, and they're no longer there. And now it's run by these people, even though they were questioned to be witches. They're no longer... It's like, so what you're telling me is there might be fucking witches here, dude. Like, he knew, like, an insane amount about it. But you know who that guy is? Who's that? That's the dude. You remember in Blade where they took that vampire dude out into the sun and let the sun rise on him? And he it's that guy. <laughs> and he's, a, he's also in like Rob Zombie's Halloween. Dude's been in a bunch of shit, but that was a young him. That's it, dope, man. Look at that. Yeah, it wasn't his voice, though, but it was him acting. Right. He had like, this fresh, like, like this uh, double mint green suit on. Mm-hmm. My man was shining out there like he was <laughs> Dripzilla. Dripzilla. He was. Well, we're learning a lot about this movie right now, Christian. I think some people are here yeah. to tell us a little bit more of some things here. Things to know? Yeah. Okay. Welcome to the What Do You Know here. This is a segment here where we're here to tell you something that you may or may not know about this movie here. So, let's Crunch go over. Crunch me, Captain. So, check this out, right? So, this is what we're going to do here. We're going to tell you a series of things that we know about this movie. Now, you may know about this movie or you may not know things about this movie. But if you know what we know, you're about to find out together. We're about to cycle up, have a we know gasm. But if you don't know what we know, you're about to find out what we know. And then you're going to have a we know gasm too. Stop smiling at me. <laughs> <laughs> Knock it off. Anyways, so why don't we start off here? I'm gonna tell you something that I know about this movie here. Uh, Suspiria, 1977. You know, it was from Italy, where they got the. It was from Italy, I think yeah. originally. Yeah. Italy. Anyways, so there's a scene in this movie, okay, where they're all about to, you know, they're sitting down for dinner, and Susie's like, you know, in there, she's about to get her home cooked meal because she had a fucking episode or whatever, and she fainted, and she's on a special diet, whatever. So they start dropping maggots, maggots, down from the floor, 
And they're like everywhere. They're on the floor, they're crunching on them, there's maggots everywhere. When she was brushing her hair. Yeah. So, here's the thing. Those maggots were rice. They weren't real maggots. We, I guess they didn't find a maggot guy. You can't drop maggots on people. I think that's very unsanitary. So they used rice. They yeah, dropped the rice. Better. They dropped the rice from the ceiling Whoa. to made it look like maggots, which is kind of cool. You expand rice a little bit, it kind of looks like a maggot. Whoa. You're never going to eat rice the same again. You're going to think it's a bunch of maggots. How do they taste, Michael? Yes. <laughs> so that's something for your ass. So that's what I know here. What do you know about this movie here? Look, I got some stuff for you. Of course you do. So, so, Mr. Argento uh-huh. was a fan of a little bit of the Easter eggs and a little bit of the nods. So what he did here, if you noticed at the end, when Susie, when she takes on the final witch, which is really cool. I like how the for the girls, it's all red rooms for the good people. But when you go to the witch's room, it's all blue. Yeah. It's all blue. Yeah. Little blue boy, balls. Yeah, little boy blue. So he goes in there. She goes in there. Blue's clues. And yeah, she's trying to be quiet. But she does the... Okay, she does the typical thing for this girl to do. She comes in there. She knocks over a bunch of shit. And this lamp falls over. This crazy peacock lamp, okay? It's all made of glass or like crystal, okay? Peacock. Yeah. So she grabs a piece of this glass. And she confronts the witch but the witch kind of turns invisible and then all of a sudden her dead friend pops back up like a zombie to attack her yeah but what she has to do is kind of you know use some tracer vision because she can kind of see the outline of the witch even though she's invisible and she stabs her with this piece of glass and then her friend you know disappears and then she got the witch you know no big deal but what's the easter egg behind all this i'm waiting for you to tell me his first movie stepping into the game was The Bird and the Crystal Plumage, okay? The Peacock, the Crystal, you know, it was a nice little hey to one of his movies. But not overdone. Very tasteful. Very tasteful. That's pretty fucking interesting. It is. It is. That's kind of something, you know, you got in your pocket and you flip it out. And you're like, what do you know here? Bet you didn't know that. What yeah. a fact. Yeah. Makes you appreciate it more. Makes you love it more. Makes it very more interesting than just some regular ass scene here. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. All I got to say is wow. Whoa. So, so, you know, I mean, you know, over there in the Tiddly, they do a great job. You know, they, they know what they're doing over there. That's great. That's fucking great. Italians. You got any more facts here? No, I, well, I think one. that's you good. Know, you know, you can't you can't know everything all the time, but you know, those oh. are some pretty good ones here. Yeah, that's good. Those stuff. are some pretty good ones here. Okay, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what, Ozark? Birds got dicks under their feathers. Birds, under the feathers. Imagine how big big birds' cock is. Now that's scary. That's, no, that's fucking just scary. downright scary. That is goddamn scary. You know I don't like birds. You will get knocked unconscious. I think that's kind of what hell's like for you, is to be chased by Big Bird and his dick. Yeah. Constantly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That'd be a good idea about it. Yeah. Don't like birds, dude. Do not. Birds. Do not like that at all. Birds. I was trying to bust you to bits this this time. Bust you to bits. Yeah. What are you talking about? I thought I was going to. I thought the fact that 
birds have dicks under their feathers. That would bust you up the bits. No, it didn't. Okay. You didn't get me. Well, I'm going to have to work harder. <laughs> but that got me for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, wow, Suspiria. Lots to talk about still. I mean, there's tons of parts in this movie that we haven't even gotten into yet. So I'm gonna we're, we're just going to jump right into it, Christian. I know you have a favorite part of this movie. You have to have a part that you look forward to when you watch this. Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. is it? The one we've mentioned so far, I do like the dog killing killing the dude, um, ripping his throat out. I thought that that was a fun part. But really, I'm going to have to go with, like, the intro. Like, the intro is just like a, I don't want to say it's a music video, dude, but it's like this, um, like, if you wanted a screensaver for your computer for half the day, put on that intro from Suspiria. That would just look cool as shit, dude. Like, I love those kind of lights. I love those kind of colors. Hey, we got a little bit of that in our logo, but I love the neon. Like, it's not all neons, but it's just something about that opening, man. Like, you just kind of never forget it. Yeah, even like the font. And Argento. The the font is very creepy because it's so simple. Simplicity is scary in these types of situations, whether you realize it or not. Yeah, and some of these guys got their start, like, helping out doing spaghetti westerns and shit, like, for Sierra Leone and shit, for uh, Sergio Leone and shit, like, the those old-school spaghetti western flicks. That was right around the same fucking time. So a lot of these guys are just a little bit before, so a lot of these guys got their start doing that stuff. And it's just kind of cool because you could notice with, like, the intro, like, the music, the way it hit in, the font, very western feel kind of has a western feel almost tarantino he loves that kind of style too but really you're really not gonna run into a film buff or a horror buff at that that's not gonna talk about argento at some point and some people are gonna be like what the hell who the hell is that so do yourself a favor and at least watch this one so you can at least know his most popular work and honestly it should carry you through because it's just enticing enough because your brain wants to know what's what it's watching like it's just something with your eyes and not like when you're bored i'm saying like when something has your eye and you don't know what the hell is going on oh yeah you're gonna stick into it okay i mean it kept me guessing like what like what's going on you know it'll keep you length it takes a little bit you know it might take a little bit but if you just stick in there it'll keep you curious throughout the whole thing seriously because you originally thought it was going to be just some one psycho killer and that's it but it's not I would, I would recommend, like, if Witches. you have a theater room or if you have, like, an element of, like, lighting a candle oh, or dude. having some, like, LED lights, whatever, dark. watch this movie in the dark. Or Surround sound, sound bar up yes. for that score. Theater experience. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You want it, baby. You want it, baby. Yep. Baby. Some of these chicks are hot. Oh, yeah. Yep. There's, oh, some, yeah. there's some good hot chick action going oh, on. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. What about that dude with the teeth? <laughs> like the weird butler. She's yeah. like, he's ugly, isn't he? Don't worry, he speaks Romanian. <laughs> like, okay, <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Oh my God! So. She called him ugly right to his face. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. 
my favorite part, Chris Jeremy. I know you already know what it is. Yeah. But I laughed so hard at this part. So you mentioned the blind. There's a blind guy in this movie. Okay, he's blind, but he's the piano player for these girls when they're doing their dances and boys there's some dudes in there whatever but he's the piano player he's blind he shows up with his german shepherd leaves his german shepherd outside every day comes in he plays the piano and he goes on his way but he's blind so one day he leaves his german shepherd out chilling and then the one of the covenant girls and the little boy are coming into the school but they look at the dog and they're like uh i don't know they just go towards the dog so then madame blanc's right hand lady I don't know what her name is, but she, if you look at her, she looks like an Olga. Like, she's like, duh, like, yeah. you know, I'm the Olga, yes, ah, big pick deals, manly looking bitch. <laughs> okay, so, turns out uh, his dog bit uh, Madame Blanc's little nephew. That so, ain't good. No, she, so she comes storming into them and just, stop, stop. And their whole interaction was first, it was just intense acting, but it's so funny because your dog, like, you know, bit her nephew. He had to go to the hospital. No blind guy's like, what? That's impossible. Just... He's <laughs> never <laughs> bit anyone. He's never bit anyone. He is a loyal pistol. He will never do it. So then she gets pissed off and she does something, and which is so funny because I think this is exactly how arguing with a blind person to kick some them out would go down. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they didn't hold back in the seventies. They didn't care about sensitivity to blind people, nothing. So Olga just tra- takes his cane and throws it aground <laughs> on the ground <laughs> away from him. <laughs> and says, get out. After he does that, he just straight up goes, You bitch <laughs> <laughs> Dude, straight comedy. <laughs> you bitch Oh, so he, then he now has to go find his cane to leave, which is the most awkward situation because you're in the heat of, of a moment and you got to go, like, find your cane. But he Dude, goes, that was funny. But he goes, but try to understand that I'm blind, not deaf. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear that? <laughs> but kicking him out is that was, I rewound it like three times. <laughs> Dude's, you bitch! Dude's faces the whole time were like, like he's super funny, man. <laughs> he crushed it. Oh yeah, absolutely. Give me some fresh air. I need to get out the way from these bitches. <laughs> that building she threw looked... his cane. <laughs> like, why would you do that? You want a blind man to get out, and his only source of finding his way out, you just threw away from him. <laughs> do you think that building was all red? Are they found in all red building, and that's the exterior? Because I don't know that information, if that exterior is separate from the well, interior. Well, it, it, I don't know. It probably possibly because a lot of foreign buildings like that were yeah. like are like that. They're, like they're the odd kill. Europeans, things like that are all like yellows, greens, blues, reds. I would assume that that building is red. It looks cool as shit, man. I don't think that they would paint an entire building for a movie like that. That'd be cool if they did. It might be. It'd be cool. They, they could have colored. They could have, you know, sharpies. <laughs> yep. Blood. The blood in this movie is not very bloody. Well, it's, it's the seventies. They right. didn't get. They didn't get that down to the eighties very well. Yeah. It looks like paint. It does look like paint. It just looks like red paint, which kind of has like a 
interesting quality in itself. Reminds me of the old Hammer pictures, if you guys can picture that. Like, just that really red blood. Um, just not what it is now. Like, when you see it good, you're like, okay, well, that's not what blood looks like. But back then, it probably worked very well. But as far as, like, coloring and shit, it does work for imagery. Like, you're watching it, you're like, oh, man, that just looks fucking weird. Tell me, uh, tell me this, Chris Remy. Tell me um, you didn't crack up during uh, Sarah's death whole sequence. That was funny to me. So Her it's when, falling in the barbed wire? So when she, first, first before that, she locks oh. the door. Bro. And then she look and then the killer comes through with a like a putty knife or a knife. It's a straight razor. Door. Yeah. A straight razor and she's trying to lift the latch up. The easiest latch the to lift easiest in the world. Easiest latch. Yeah. And she it's just tink tink another like 10 minute draw out of her fucking trying to get through this window. I'm like just lift up like for Christ's sake. This bit, uh, but, she she makes it through the window and falls into like a pit of barbed wire. Like, like who just... has a pit of barbed wire for what reason? And, but you know what that reminded me of? <laughs> Any adult that falls into a ball pit on accident. <laughs> they just can't get out. And this girl is not helping her situation because she's just like rolling in it. Like, hypothetically, if you and I were to fall into barbed wire, we'd be like, don't move. We need to figure out a way out of here calmly and how to move my body, and how to escape this. She's just like, <laughs> like just rolling in it. You're like, dude, that's not the move. No. That's not the move. If I were you, I would take, you know, your arm, try to clear away, figure out your way to the top of it, and then just roll. Uh, I would uh, attempt to stand up first, <laughs> you know, wiggle your feet through and stand up. But you are getting chased by a killer who takes... But, you know, lucky for you, she's probably over there still working on that latch. So you still had time. But, yeah, it's just adult in a ball pit. Just just swimming. Like a turtle on its back. And then so the killer shows up and actually slits her throat. And it's like the craziest shot. So, like, it takes forever for the throat slit. And then it, like, pans out to her face and her eye. And it just fades out like it's really neat man you'll never forget it like if it's something you watch it's just interesting some of the some of the stabbings in the first kills of the movie um bro that first they were just half-assed though the stabs were just half-assed though it's just uh, (laughs) uh, like where's the passion like stab him like like it kind of it did an opposite effect for me because it wasn't it was, like, not the aggression. It was like, dude, they were, like, calmly stabbing this person to death. But there was, like, 30 stabs. Oh, yeah. There was a lot of stabs. Like, at first, you're like, okay, they got him. And then you're, they got her. And you're like, holy shit, dude. Like, you keep stabbing her. And then, like, you know, put the cord around her neck and threw her out this glass. And then the thing took out this other girl. Mm-hmm. A lot of imagery. It's like a ballet in itself. It's like a dance. Um, just cool as shit, man really is cool i like his style if you're going in for a movie for like hard plot and you want a crazy rich story suspiria is not your answer if you're looking for something that looks really cool and it it sounds really cool and it just builds suspense and i I don't know if you enjoy that kind of thing you can watch it and acquire taste as we said that's cool man I i definitely enjoy that i guess initially he wanted to shoot with the girls that were younger like it's like that part where they were like 
they know people's names that start with S. They're snakes. And it was like that really weird fucking scene, like that childish scene. But they were supposed to be teenagers, but obviously it didn't hold up too well. So they kind of switched them to older girls. I guess the production company wanted it that way. So he had to fold a little bit. He had to bend. But how cool Ozark, man. We jumped into some Jalos. I mean, we haven't done any yet. We haven't done any yet. And if you're going to do one, if you're going to start it off, this is the one that everybody would be like, well, this is the one I'll do first. So that's what we're doing. So that's what we're doing here. That's what we're doing here. Let's get into the rating. Sloppy Horror Rating, baby. Yeah. Yeah, baby. Rating. That's what we do here. We're going to rate this movie here. Suspiria, 1977. Come ready because we're about to put a rating right up your ass here. So we're going to do this in a series of three categories. Nope, you fucked up. See, you said you weren't. No, stop mouthing me. Stop it. Knock it off. I'm going to kill you. Shut up. Okay. All right. (laughs) We're going to do this in a series of four categories. Three categories worth three points. Last category is worth one point for a total of. Ten points on that. Yes. So let's get on to the first category here in the Sloppy Horror Podcast rating. Casting. So, casting. Okay, okay, okay. So these aren't obviously a lot of uh, well-known actors and actresses, aside from like Jessica Harper, Harper from, uh, she plays Susie, but a lot of these people, man, I wouldn't say they're hugely well-known, or they are, but not all American actors. But they do work well together, most of them. Some of the background girls, not as much, but I don't know how much of that is their acting versus knowing Argento and it's his scripting. So I'm going to give this a solid one and a half on casting. Do you feel like that's fair, Ozark Mark? Yeah. Yeah. Nobody's performance is selling you, but there's enough. The the characters that needed strong roles had it. Like, the creepy butler guy was creepy. The creepy fucking uh, um, Blanc lady, she she did her role. Susie did well. Sarah did well. Yeah, it's not any, like, cheesy acting. It's not that bad. But, I mean, it, like it's nobody spectacular or well-known. No superstars are in this, really. So, mm-hmm. but uh, I think it's just enough. It's yeah. just, it's just right, right down the middle. It was enough to make a movie. Mm-hmm. So, so I'm going to give it a one and a half. So that's one and a half out of ten. Let's go into the second category here in the Sloppy Horror Podcast rating, and that is kills. This is tough for me. This is tough for me. I mean, in all, and technical, like I, they said there was 25 deaths in this because, you know, the place burns up in the end. But obviously you're not seeing everybody's bodies get killed. Um, I really think, and my heart of hearts, and my heart of hearts, I'm going to give it a two, because only for the length of each kill. It's, I mean, it, it, it's a, it's a large payoff. Like you wait, and the dog throat scene. Like you said, you're getting the dog chewing the fucking muscles out of his neck. Then you see the guy's face. Then you get the pan out shot. Then you get this. So it's Argento. I mean, he delivers on kills. There are some kills that are done in ways you've never seen in any other movies. Generally. Besides, I, there are stabbings, but not like an Argento stabbing. No. It's definitely different. So is it 
here we, it, it's due to variety and length of kills is why I'm giving this a two. I was thinking one and a half, but it is Argento, man. I mean, he just, he does. He gives you kills throughout the movie. There is some longer gaps without kills, but the barbed wire kill, the, you know, the throat slit, it's just, that's intense. Yeah, I mean, just the the, the the first two kills in the beginning of the movie are just a point in themselves by how intense they are. Yes. What he did, and then, you know, the other kills... Get to kill the witch, got her friend dying, blind guy dying, everybody burning up in a fire, you add all that up, it's probably another point there. So that's good. That's yeah. good. I agree with that. So that's three and a half out of ten so far here on the Sloppy Horror Podcast rating. Let's go to the third and final category here for three points on the Sloppy Horror Podcast rating, and that is fear. So I'm gonna I, I'm thinking just the one for this because the, the, there's not a rich enough story to keep you grasped to everything. This looks this looks beautiful. This is a piece of art. Um, you're watching terrifying things, but it's almost like you're wanting to watch it. You're being tricked into seeing it as if it's like not gritty, as if it's not uh, murder. It's like this weird um, artsy looking thing, but. It's not that terrifying aside from the score. I mean, it has a lot of buildup. It builds you up. But I don't know if you're terrified. I don't know if you're terrified. What do you think, Mark? I'd give it an extra half a point, really. One and a half. It does do a I, lot I think, of buildup. I think, the, I think the, the score itself should be half a point. Okay. And then uh, just, I mean, it's not very scary, but, I mean, the ending sequence, when you finally get the reveal of the old witch, old creepy ladies, that could, that's yeah. always scary. When her dead friend comes back to life and starting to chase after her with that knife, that's pretty scary. Yep. You see the witches covered in her, sitting here screaming, kill that bitch, die, you know. You're it right, could be Mark. pretty great. It could be pretty creepy, but that ended the ending ten minutes of it when everything's finally revealed. It's pretty fuck. It, it's it, I can see how it would terrify people in 1977. Hell of a finale. Hell, it is a hell of a finale. So that should get a point in itself because uh, I'm sure somebody is freaked out by witches and somebody would be scared. But the, I mean, the scariest moment is when her dead friend because she looks fucking crazy, dude. She does. She looks fucking crazy. Not your typical undead person there. Kind of reminded me crazy. of some Evil Dead when. Like, yeah. Uh, uh, what was her name in that? Cheryl. Cheryl. The one that when she's reading the cards. Yeah. Would, like like that. Like, yeah. It was something like that, and it was like intense, like steady zoom into her and all that stuff. It created some fear there, so I'd give it a one and a half on fear. That's why. I, that's why I enjoy your input, man. Yeah, um, I agree. Yes. All right. So that is four and a half. No, five, because we had three and a half before it. So we have. Casting at one and a half. Yeah. Kills at two, so that's three and a half plus one and a half is five. So we're at five out of ten so far here in the Sloppy Horror Podcast rating. Let's go to the final one-point category is do we fucks with this movie for a half a point each? Mm-hmm. I'm going to ask Christian Ramey first. Christian Ramey, do you fuck with this movie, Suspiria 1977? I do. Ozark Mark, what about you, brother? Do you fucks with it? Because I have a quarter of a point. Yes, I do. I have a half a point. I would fuck with this movie. Because um, I, I eventually will probably watch this again in my life. That's how I classify something, is if I fucks with it or not. Uh, rewatchability? Rewatchability, not all the time. But 
if you go a year or two maybe, for me. Maybe it's a Thanksgiving movie. It for could you now. be a Thanksgiving movie for me now because I watched it during it. But that score was pretty badass, man. I'm telling you, like I have to watch it again just to hear that score. Um, so yeah, but I do fucks with this movie. So that is six out of ten total for Suspiria, which isn't a bad score for it. Solid score, man. I think I think it's uh, I think it matches for what the movie is, and it depends on what you're looking for. So, but that's a great score. Very good. Very good. Six out of ten. That's Sloppy horror poor cast rating for your race. That's um that's a lot of fun there. That's a solid rating, and I don't want anybody to get butt hurt about that either. But we have to understand the limitations of a script. And Argento is a he's a, a beautiful visionary. He's a he's an artiste. That's, that's more of what this movie is. It's more of just an artistic piece. But visually, not, it's visually stimulating. Dude, it's aesthetic AF. Like that's what it is, bro. Like for your eyes and. I like that it's not here here's the difference. Nowadays when they make artsy horror movies, they're three hours long. He was like, Nope, ninety minutes. That yes. works for me. I and love seeing an hour and a half runtime when I love pick a movie. Yeah, dude, that's that's great, man. I, I, well, you know, if you're gonna give me a three hour movie, it better be the Godfather. It better be something that's gonna keep me for three hours. It better be something it better be Lord of the Rings. Don't give me a three hour midsummer. That's bullshit, dude. Make that a mini series. Make that a, a two parts. Do something with me here. But if I go buy a ticket to your fucking movie and it's three hours, and you don't really have much of a payoff, I am going to be upset. This is ninety minute runtime. Even the minutes that drag, you're talking ninety minutes. So it's bouncing back quick enough for you to still be into it. Um, this is kind of a fun movie when you've got like a, I don't want to say like a watch party, but let's say you got some people on, you're looking for something different that you haven't seen, you know, throw this sucker on. But in order to do that, you really kind of need to know the ages of everyone at your party. So that's why we're going to hop right into I this. I missed you, mister. Mr. Mr. Rosak. Tell him if you're old enough How old? to watch that scary stuff. You know, for the parents who will give a fuck. I, I mean, I gave you an R&B joint there. All right, well. Why does it just stop all of a sudden? <laughs> well, you know, we got, we got, you know, to let the folks know. Oh, man. Let the folks know. It's a duty you have now to the public. <laughs> There's somebody that says, look, Ozark, I want to watch this, but I got kids. I, you know, I got stuff going on tonight. What what can I do with children? Um What's the age group? If you if you had a young and under, you're under your wing. Well, this is kind of difficult because um, I could go pretty young with this if I really wanted to. Um, there's not that much blood and gore. The the most intense part is probably the dog kill. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it still looks it still looks pretty cheesy. And obviously, it's me. But I mean, regardless of that. You can, you could probably go thirteen and up for this, but I would recommend, if you really want somebody to sit and watch this movie, I would go with sixteen. Now the reason why I say sixteen is because sixteen, you have to be interested in this movie and you have to understand what this movie is doing. Like this is a nineteen seventy seven movie. Like this isn't gonna be, 
stimulating enough for maybe a 13-year-old or a 12-year-old to really fully appreciate what it's trying to do. But 16-year-olds are trying to get into that, like, you know, they think they know everything and they're interested, so they might understand it and enjoy the movie a lot more. Now, if you're just having this on while there's other ki- kids around, you go like 12, 11. I mean, there's not yeah. really anything too intense, but for if you're if going you actually to, want if, them to be if you're going to be want them to be into it, I suggest you do it with like a 16-year-old so that way they can enjoy it with you, they can enjoy the the cinematography of what it's trapped. Is, is How have we made it this far to the episode without say it's cinematography? And it's like, this is the movie to say cinematography. Cinematography. I'll say it like five times and just. Cinematography. (laughs) (laughs) I tried to push that out like Hakuna Matata. (laughs) That wasn't. wasn't, Well, you succeeded. I wasn't. (laughs) Didn't expect that. Don't do it again. Stop. Cinematography. The shots, beautiful, beautiful imagery, great film. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Stop doing it. All right. <laughs> okay. I'm the, I got it out of my body. That's great. You always got to get it out of your body. Sometimes you just got to talk a certain type of way to make you feel yourself a little better. Yeah. You push it out your body and get it out. Demons be gone. Get up out of there. See, I'm back to normal. That's my life. So now you're fully informed and you know about the movie Suspiria. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Wrap your tool. Yes. So if you have not seen this movie yet, I hope this encourages you to go to watch it. But Do sit it. down. Make sure you got time to pay attention to it to really appreciate it. Make sure you get some popcorn. It's only an hour and a half long. You could do it midday while you're trying to keep yourself busy or killing time before... Do it in you know, a dark room, though. You'll th- you'll thank yourself. Yes, do it in a dark room, and do it with surround sound if you have it, or if you have headphones. Dude, that's a good point. Well, blare them in headphones. I'm probably gonna blare that score all week. Dude, I'm telling you, if that was a if somebody made that into a beat, and we were ten years ago, ha, oh, so hard for it. So, Christian Ramey, we just have a few minutes left here before we say goodbye to all our favorite people listening. Um, what, any, any, anything you should say or want to say to them before we skedaddle? Just want to say, thank you guys. I love you guys. Be prepared for 2022 Sloppy Horror Podcast's biggest year. Thanks to you guys. I mean, it's 21 currently. You guys have given us a kick-ass year. I mean, honestly, we, when did we start, Mark? Was it, uh, March-ish? When you and I started laying down episodes? Probably. I think so. So it wasn't even the full year. March or April. Right. And then, like, like, like obviously, I, we were doing, I was doing little YouTube shit pretense, but w- the show that we know that that has meant so much started in March. And that's it's been a hell of a fucking year. So 2022, be excited. Be prepared. I, I've laid down the fundamentals for you guys. We're going to just have bigger things from... Um, everything from merchandise to conventions to a new site on, on our site. So everything's up and coming. So thank you guys for being patient with us because as we grow, I mean, we're, we're, uh, uh, we are self-funded and we won't sell out, okay? Now, I tell you what, if somebody wanted to partner with us, we'd totally be down for that if, if we didn't have to rob the integrity of our show. Like say if Shutter was like, hey, we'd like you guys to be a partner. That'd be totally cool. But if Shudder said, hey, we want you guys to say this movie's awesome, and it's not, I can't. 
You know, that's just something we won't do. And I will hold that integrity of this show. And I think that's going to be a a cool part because unfortunately I see that a lot in this world where a lot of these movies have promos and they'll send things to people before the movie even comes out to give them like a, hey, you know, Halloween Kill sent me this little package and I did this and that. And like, nope, sloppy sloppy horror podcast keeps it real. Uh, Just so you, just because we don't have to, we're not hurting. Yeah. Yeah. For. Like, we both like our separate lives yes. just the way they are. I mean, we're comfortable where we're at. Yes. I mean, you know, I don't I, – money's probably never going to make me happy anyway, so. Yes. Not saying that we don't want this show to grow to its fullest potential, and that's what we're so going to do. do we're going to Yeah, keep... so I could do it full-time, entertain you? Of course. Yeah, All man. kinds of stuff. If I had all day – if I worked on stuff eight hours a day, it would be fucking fantastic, but I oh, can't. Oh, dude. Instead, Absolutely. I'm doing something else because, you know, bills. But – Doing the best we can here for right now. And if you like it right now, help us grow. That's the biggest thing you can do. Help us grow. That's the biggest help of all. Um, Yeah, just touch it a little bit. You know, that's all you got to do. Yeah, that's right. Just look at it sometimes. It just helps it. It just helps. Shares help. The likes help. Everything you guys do helps. And, um, I, you know, I know it's going to get bigger and bigger and to the point where we don't have to work. And this is, I mean, we'll work hard at this, but you get what I'm saying. Where the nine to five isn't what the the goal is. This is the nine to five. But man, I tell you what, I am humbled all the goddamn time for the amount of people that listen to us all around this goddamn globe. And that's pretty impressive. And I thank you guys so much. 2022, a lot more organized. I didn't know things would grow this quickly. Mark, if we would have had 50 listeners an episode, I could have been like, oh, I might, okay. (laughs) You know, but that's not the case, man. That's not the case. We're humbled every day. So fuck yeah, guys. Go out there, watch some Suspiria. Get the Christmas season, so I hope you guys know. I didn't want to overload your month of December with just like only Christmas movies, yada yada yada. And I'm not gonna lie to you, I'm not like the hugest fan of all Christmas horror movies. They, I like, they're. I'm not saying I hate them. I'm just saying they aren't like they don't all ring with me. But next week will be one that covers with the holiday. Maybe a little magua. If you know, you know. Okay? So, it's going to be great. I hope you guys have a great week. Stay positive. Okay? And we're going to be back. We're going to be back. I'll be back. You know who that is? Goodbye, everybody. That's the, that's the Terminator. He's I know who the fuck it is, you fuck.